The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 2nd, 2000. 23 season 19 episode number 62 you sure about that welcome to the latest edition of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we appreciate you guys joining us we're going to start today's show first by giving a really really hearty uh congratulations to the hometown texas rangers big how about that world series 100%. championship yeah. uh win last night they wrapped that thing up and <laughs> huge rangers fan yeah. over there huge rangers, huge as rangers we, fan. as we said this yes. morning okay well, for now. The, well, yeah, for no. now. Hold on. <laughs> Today I'm wearing the gear because of, because of, yeah. but yes, I've always been a Ranger fan. Oh, okay, all right. Dominican, good. lots of Dominican. I've met a lot of uh, Ranger players, uh, people that don't even play anymore, but it's uh, when you meet a Dominican here in the DFW area, that's very rare. That's it's not common. So yeah, you tend to connect yeah. with... Yeah. Your people, you know. Yeah, I get it. You know. I get it. I so, get yeah, it. go Rangers. Yeah. And we're all excited. Brian, you've been doing radio since, like, what, 3 o'clock this morning? Yeah, I was on uh, from 3 to 4.30. Yeah. Went to sleep for a couple hours. Got up and started typing some Eagles notes. So, I, I was uh, – <laughs> I got to the point where I was superstitious, where when – I was actually watching the games. They were losing, and they lost the one, that one, and I'm like, okay. But I was all the games throughout the playoffs, I would listen. So last night was watch Eagles defense, listen to the game. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a, that's the old crusty way of doing things, listening <laughs> to a baseball game. But I pulled it off. So, yeah, and uh, got a parade tomorrow. So yeah. looking forward to that, too. You're born and raised here in Dallas. So I, I assume uh, it's, yeah. it's just – I mean, again, I've only been in Dallas. I moved to Dallas in 1997. Yeah. So I've been here – for a long time, I, I know. Stop. I've been here for a long time, but it's just. I, I assume when you've been born and raised here, it's nothing like seeing a champion in your city. Yeah, I. Uh, my first game that I went to was in 1972. Yeah, that's how long ago that was. The year I was born. And so, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. Look, Brian's Straight. the only person I can act like. The rest of you guys, like, y'all do Straight. that to me, so yeah. I can do it to Brian. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, I remember going to games at the old Arlington Stadium. And, and what's really funny is that there's a lot of Ranger baseball fans that wear the scars of 2010, 2011 yeah. of not having success. And I said it on the radio yesterday that I don't wear those scars because there was a side of me that was so involved with what we were doing here yeah. with football. You know, and I, my, my life has been really, since nine years old, has been football. Mm-hmm. And so funny when you're, you know, you're a fan of... I, I was going to games as a kid and then you go away, and then you go start your profession, and you're like, ah, you know. But the Rangers haven't been good for a long time. That's yeah. the thing about it is you lose. But I got so involved in football and teams I was with and all that, I just didn't have the time to really invest in. But now being on the radio and having to talk about it every day, you don't want to sound like an idiot. Yeah. So you invest that way. And so it's uh, it's nice to see. They've done a great job. The, the, the guy that's been you – know, Chris Young, who's the general manager – is a DFW guy. He's a Highland Park guy. Yeah. So 
though it's got to be super special. The only thing I can equate it to is coming to work at the Cowboys in 1999 and being from Dallas and imagining trying to win a championship for the Cowboys yeah. with a team that I I spent 20 years of following as you know as a teenager and then into an, an adult, so uh, you know really happy for Chris the fact that he's from here. He every time we've ever interviewed him, he's been like, it, it, "I just want this for the fans. I just want this for the fans." And you know he those you, we all know this. We all invest in this. I mean your your life seven days a week you invest in this and. And, and congratulations to them. The investment actually paid off. I mean, they 100% deserve it, and that's that's saying the least. And and like you, I'm a transplant to Dallas, and I, I got here about five years ago, transplant from Georgia for everyone that might not know. Hence, if dogs. you don't follow him, yeah, I, mean, I, don't would, know, I don't know how you get away from that. He, he will show up in your ball yeah. yard with a Braves uniform. No doubt about it. I mean, no, I saw that with my own a eyes. Proud today. Georgia guy. No 100%. doubt about it. Um, but. I, I'm a baseball guy, and I just love live baseball, and I'm a former baseball player, and just the feel, the energy, the air. So, you know, being here in Dallas, not being able to see my Braves live often, what do you do? You go to Rangers games. Right. So, you know, effective, you know, four or five years ago, I started going to Rangers games. Like Brian said, he's seen me walking through yeah. uh, Globe Life, both parks, the older park and the yeah. new park, and, and having seen you know the struggles that those guys had on those on the field as far as trying to generate wins and seeing what yeah. the fandom went through in those hard times and hard times and then seeing them flip and then that switch flip and them being able to do the rebuild similar not entirely dissimilar from how my Braves did it when the Braves were going through some rough times and then in 21 2021 we get Alex Anthopoulos he comes in yeah. he gets aggressive he makes the moves the same way that Chris Young made the moves so to see the Rangers fans being able to just get the demons off of their back and then it just celebrate this. That's why I said last night on Twitter, drink this in, like try to absorb as much of this as possible because there's just nothing like being a world champion, especially when you do it by overcoming the adversity they had to do it with. Uh, Dallas goes out, what happens? Marcus steps up and he heats up. Corey, it was just Corey. You had role players. Jankowski step in. What Eovaldi did last night, getting himself in jams and then Houdinian himself out of jams. They They were getting no hit through almost seven innings, yep. but they never said die. So Rangers fans, cheers to you. Hats off to you. Enjoy this. Um, and just know that next year we're trying to take that belt off of you. <laughs> I will say this, though, too, real quick. Yeah. You know, people say that they bought a championship. No, no, we're not doing that. No. I, I You know what? I, if they I, did. To be, to be honest with you, as a fan, bring it to me. Yeah, absolutely. The, the owner, However owner, you do ownership it. spent over $500 million on players. I'm like, I don't care. However you know, you do it. I don't care. I don't don't tell me about it. You know, just I, all I care about is when they hand you the trophy. Exactly. I don't care how much or who spends the money or where the money. I just, you know, if you're if that's if it's about developing players, sure. But if it's about going out and buying the best players too, I'm all for that. I also, I just and you're not wrong. What bothers me about that is when the the narrative is inaccurate because when you look at yeah. the net spending for the Rangers, it's. Only three, three and a half million more than the same Astros team that. They, oh no, that's that's, so that's what I'm saying. So no, if, no, if I have no say problem. It, then it's yeah, people that always Yankees, Dodgers. Yeah. Okay, that's a true story. Yeah, but for this Rangers team, it's not. Yeah. again, it's the the arc of it is 
similar to what the Braves did in 21. The Braves yeah. didn't outspend everyone. It's about well, who you put in what positions. Right. The Braves do a great job at yeah, it. It's who I mean, you it's put in what positions and then the skipper. The skipper, yeah. Bochi, getting Bochi off of the recliner to come in and just do what he did. Had to did. spend money on that one, too. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. They did <laughs> well, it all the right way. And, yes, they spent money. They were aggressive. But they didn't buy it. They earned it. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you this. The fact of the matter is that, that this is this moment, this is what being a fan really is all about. Sure. You do go through those rough years, and that's the thing. Like, It makes those rough years all the more sweeter when you can get to this moment. And oh, so yeah. that's part of fandom. fandom. Nick Nick, and I used to always say, you don't choose to be a fan. Fandom chooses you. Yeah. Like you get your team and then getting your team means that sometimes you're going to have to go through those really, really rough times. And those droughts can last a very long time. Oh, Talk yeah. to Cubs fans. Yeah, like it happens. Yeah. You can last, it can last Red a very Sox, long time. Years. But yeah. when you get that moment, when you get that moment when you're at the top, it is so worth it and so sweet, oh, yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. and you just kind of keep it going through like it. You know, it was like a week ago that I would constantly hear people, "Rangers suck." Oh, yeah. we're terrible. Oh, yeah. we suck. They and these are people it. that are fans. Obviously, yeah. they're yeah. their own fans. So to see just how everything just quickly changed, it, mm. and I say quickly in quotation because mm. you talk about all those years, yeah. but it, it, it's. It's fun, and I wish, I freaking wish I could go to the parade. I can't. <laughs> Why but can't I you? Re- you want to go for me? <laughs> I have a child. Oh. I don't uh, have anyone to watch. Well, you take there, him there to, will be children take him at to the, the parade. It's <laughs> a parade. A kid loves parade. He could shotgun beers. It's hectic enough being by myself, surviving being in a crowd of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to take you. care of a kid. That makes sense. With all that. freaking wish. But just like that. You never know when the Cowboys can flip that switch too. Maybe Derek and, and I were talking this about this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we've this seen this happen before yeah, that in a, in a city, some that energy over. starts kind of just permeating throughout the city, and it's just something in the water. What after we say a while. Ranger, I don't know, Rangers win it all. Um, Stars are contenders. Cowboys are contenders. Maps are playing well right now. There you go. <laughs> for I'll what? Email you my size, my ring size. <laughs> oh. Oh, for the for uh, you know what you know what you yeah. know, you know what the, yeah, you, you we're bringing it in we're yeah. bringing right. that energy. You know about rings? It's so funny. Real quick story: the uh, the ladies in Green Bay they had ladies rings for the championship, and the ladies said, "Hell no." Uh-uh. We want the bigger ring. Big they wanted yeah. the bigger ring. Yeah, I want the bigger The ladies, the ladies raised. Oh, yeah, you wanted legit. Yeah, the ladies the raised ring. such a stink that my boss goes, oh, okay, well, let's, yeah, if they want big rings, let's go. So the ladies all, they, they didn't want the lady style ring. They wanted the big ring. Yeah. And so I mean, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, do it. Do yeah, it, do you it, know? Yeah. All right, let's get back to Cowboys. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the injury report. Uh, Patrick, give me an update on, on where we are. There are five, four guys in particular I wanted to get an update on. Tyron Smith, Chuma Idoga, uh, Michael Gallup, and J. Ron Curse. All right, so Chuma Idoga was limited yesterday in practice, which is definitely promising. Uh, again, he's dealing with what is described as a low ankle sprain, much, much better as far as working through it than a high ankle sprain. So he looks uh, very good for going, barring any setbacks this week. He looks good to go against Philadelphia. Uh, Tyron Smith. It was expected that he'd be with the rehab group on Wednesday, and he was. DNP did not participate. Uh, Earlier in the week, McCarthy said that he tried to ramp up Tyron Smith on today, Thursday. So today's injury report is key as far as Tyron Smith's progress is concerned. Yeah, I would keep an eye on that one. It sounds like to me they're going to keep him off the practice field today because they're worried that they they don't want to get the – they don't want to bang him up. Right. They don't want somebody – like all of a sudden he's practicing, and then there's a hit, and then – so I would anticipate he is not going to practice today it's always like we've talked about get him to saturday 
probably even get him to Sunday if they have to. But today is probably not going to be a practice. And that is 100% the vibe I'm getting. The Cowboys don't want him to take on any unnecessary uh, contact this week. So they'll have him go through walkthroughs. But as far as uh, getting down there and lining up against guys, go full speed in practice for as much as they can. Uh, Probably not going to happen, but we'll see. Um, There was a lot of rest yesterday. Wednesday is, you know, now become the Cowboys veteran rest day. Cooks rested. Stephon Gilmore rest. Jonathan Hankins rest. Demarcus Lawrence rest. Jordan Lewis and Zach Martin both rested as well. Uh, J. Ron Curse popped up with a toe injury. Mm. Uh, Spoke with him yesterday. Now, the injury report came out after locker room access. But in speaking with J. Ron before, I was actually surprised this showed up because the way he was talking, he's playing. Um, I mean, I don't get any indication from him whatsoever that he's concerned about it, that it's going to bother him. Asked him about um, covering Dallas Goddard just has a, a strategic question. And he was like, you know, I'm not. I'm not in the mood to talk. I'm ready to go out there and get it on. That's not what you hear from a guy who's worried about availability for this coming week. So keep an eye on Jaron Curse. We'll see if the Cowboys let him do anything uh, today in practice, but it sounds like he's going to go. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, in case something crazy, and it could very well happen, but let's <laughs> say Tyron and Chuma are no-go, or they do start the game and then they come out and come off, would you guys stick with Richards, or would you do some shuffling of like moving people around? Man, this is the times that I wish I lived in the building still because I could figure out who was going to if if in fact that that maybe Tyler Smith is practicing a little bit. Are they maybe of the eight reps? Is he getting two reps playing tackle? I don't think they want to move him. I think they would. I think it's going to be awesome. Richards would be that. Would be to answer your question. Would I? I don't think that they would. They would put Tyler Smith outside. But if you knew that he was taking two of the eight reps mm-hmm. at tackle, maybe you would think, okay, it's a thought that they have. But if it's all reps at guard, I don't. I don't think they would move him. I really don't. You know, I'm starting to get the impression, and I could be totally off, but just you know, just random conversations with people around the building. I'm starting to get the impression that I don't know that they would necessarily will move Tyler Smith at whatever point Tyron Smith is no longer here. Mm. Um, I, I'm starting to get the impression I think they may even they may be looking at it and being like, this guy may be one of the best guards in the NFL right sure. now. And if he's one of the best guards in the NFL, it's a Larry Allen type situation, right? Yeah. Do you move him to tackle to see if he can become the best tackle or one of the best tackles in the NFL? Or do you keep him at guard, guard where he's already one of the best guards in the NFL? And I, I think it's a... It's an interesting question, well, which, and it's an off-season question. Which position is more important to you? Honestly, I, I would say this. I, I think it's very clear left tackle is probably the most important position yeah, on the offensive side. line. Mm-hmm. However, I will also say if you tell me I can have a pretty good tackle versus having a great guard, I'm going to take the great guard and keep throwing, throwing, throwing the dice at tackle and see what I can come up with. See if yeah. Austin Richards can develop into yeah. a left tackle for the future. Right? I, I just think you may – it may be a situation where you, you can say the same thing about Zach Martin. Zach Martin, probably, if they would have moved him to tackle, would probably be a really good tackle in the NFL. Would he have been as great as he's been at guard? Who knows? He never had that opportunity. So it's, it's I, I would rather take the guy that I know is going to be great than a guy pretty good or even pretty or even very good 
at a position at a different position. I don't think you're wrong in in the thought process that's probably happening in the coaching staff and, and upstairs with the front office as it relates to Tyler Smith because when you look at uh, even recently this past Tuesday when um, Jerry was asked about the possibility of Chuma and Tyron not playing, does that mean Tyler pop out? You could have thought that he had an allergy, like he's allergic to that thought. He was like, yeah. oh, oh, before we go in talking about all that, so that's the the vibe. But then also you go and you you know you use a a, a Fifth round pick, I believe, on Awesome Richards. Yeah, yeah. Awesome Richards could be that guy. You make an excellent point because flip it to the right side of that offensive line, right? You have Zach Martin, and to your point, maybe Zach Martin is a very good right tackle for the t- entirety of his career, but he's a Hall of Fame guard. That's why, what you have at right tackle? You try Lyle Collins there, and then you put Terrence Steele there, who came in as an undrafted guy, and he turns out. So the importance, I'll answer your question, my more important position is protecting that blind side. But when you look at the totality of the offensive line, the interior needs to be the strongest of that offensive line on any team because we talk about it week in, mm-hmm. week out. If you can disrupt the pocket from the interior, yeah. then as a defense, you've already won that battle. And don't forget, the division you play in, yeah. the strength is yes, the, interior the interior of those defensive lines yeah. you're going to be so. playing. So you could make the argument in this division, it may be just as important to have really great guards as it is to have tackles. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump into the Dallas offense versus the Philadelphia defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break get a frame worthy family holiday photo with santa at the star presented by monument realty uh we've got uh, santa claus will be at his cowboy themed cottage in the star district from november 18th through december 24th book your visit before december 1st and save five dollars with the code 
Stars 5, visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios We never at the took Star. our photo. Last year? No, remember when Dave was still here and we oh, talked yeah, about that for ago. like a yeah. long time and we still never went and walked a few steps over there yeah. to take a photo you. with Santa? I blame you. You were the holdup. There were probably we plenty of photos you guys took at the holiday party we used to have. That <laughs> probably. I missed the holiday party. I missed the holiday party at Texas Stadium. Yeah, me too. That, that four. <laughs> Before we got so big, we could it's really just have a great time. It's the smirk for me. Did you catch a <laughs> smirk? Yeah, yeah. That just, oh, the man, smirk was, was very like what happens in Vegas stays in oh, Vegas. Oh, it was a good time. We'll just say it was a good time. Man, it was a good time. Man, it was, it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. All right, uh, let's talk Cowboys offense. In versus, a good way. Good yeah, mess. versus Eagles defense. Brian, what do you have? Yeah, I think that uh, when you look at this Eagle defense, it, it, the strength of it is their defensive line. And it, it's going to come down to a couple of different things you really have to be worried about. I, I think when you start to talk about their edges – Hassan Reddick, and then Josh Sweat. I think of the two that that factor into a lot of what you're going to try and do here, maybe protection-wise. They're good inside with Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's been a little bit banged up uh, this, uh, this, uh, this time. He's got a back injury, and so... The reports are that they're gonna, that, you know, it's gonna give it be close for him to play. If that's the case, that's a that's a nice break for the Cowboys because as a defensive tackle, he's got three and a half sacks. Fletcher Cox is a little bit long in the tooth now. You can see teams are starting to move him a little bit when you mm-hmm. watch him on tape. It used to be he was really a steady, stir, sturdy guy at the point of attack, but now people are kind of trying to wheel him and then get him off the ball. Jordan Davis is a massive guy. Hmm. Just it's my old saying was always a trash can full of dirt. That's mm-hmm. that's what Jordan Davis is. He could be a hard guy to move. He's just going to be a straight ahead pass rusher. So that kind of takes care of the inside guys. But the outside guys I mentioned with Reddick. I mean, this guy is he's primarily going to line up on the on your right side of the offense, the defensive's left side of the ball. He's explosive. He's really good with his hands. He's going to break you down pretty quickly. This is going to be a an interesting matchup with him and Terrence Steele. And Steele has faced him before, so he kind of has an idea. I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, if there's some help over to that side, some chipping, maybe some line the tight ends over there, create a little, make him Reddick play a little bit wider. If you put a man in there, he's got to go a man outside of that. So maybe you just take him off the ball a little bit more or make him a little wider from the ball. But uh, him and Steele are going to have a battle over there. Sweat's going to be opposite. He's long. He's rangy. Uh, He doesn't have the quickness, I don't think, of Reddick. But he gets the job done in a different way. Tyron Smith, I'm penciling Tyron Smith as playing this one uh, and with, with with that in mind. But... He's really all arms and legs when he comes off as a pass rusher. There's a lot going on with his rush. You'll see him sometimes get caught up on blockers, and uh, that's that's a good thing because he's like he's trying to make a move. Blockers catch him, and then it stops his charge. Where Reddick's a little bit more of a quicker, and then is able to kind of escape. The thing that the thing that I would attack of those two with Sweat, he's super aggressive. And I mean, when you watch teams play and they run the boots or they run the jet sweeps to his side, he is so interested in flying down inside and being that guy. 
go run the chase the ball backside, make the play, make the tackle. I've seen some teams being able to take advantage of that with him. So uh, if the Cowboys are going to uh, to to kind of scheme somebody here, maybe it's Reddick keep him a little wide with the with the guy over there across or next to him, and then also then take advantage of sweat as much as the boots and the waggles. That's coming out the left side there for the Cowboys, and that's a comfortable throw for Dak Prescott. He can make that throw going to his left. So that those are a couple. That's how I look at their defensive line right now. Real quick before you move on to the secondary or the, the linebackers, yeah. um, one thing I noticed: they are second in pressure rate uh, yeah. with a four-man front and without blitzing right. at forty point seven. Cowboys the only team that's better right. at that. Uh, who do you think of those four down linemen? Who do you think is the the toughest matchup for the Cowboys when you look at who they'll be facing primarily? Who's the toughest matchup? Reddick, I think I think it's Reddick, and and because the, the the one thing that that Steele is is Steele's a good foot athlete, so Steele can mirror him. Steele has to be careful not to be overly aggressive. You know, you're going to get with Reddick, you're going to get a lot of movement, and you have to be patient. That's where Steele, sometimes, because there's a little bit of some lack of power in the way he plays, so what he wants to do is he wants to set short and then try and jam a guy so that guy doesn't get going. So with Reddick and all that movement, be patient, be patient, be patient. Let him move all that. While he's doing all that movement stuff, he's not getting to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I, But I do think that I, the one I would be the concern the most about is, is him on that side, because I think I think that Tyron Smith on the other side can handle Josh Sweat in this game. I really do. I the the the, the problem might be a little bit uh, with Jordan Davis because he lines up as a as like a head up nose at time, but it's a three it's a four three front. So it's it's kind of different. Usually you have them where they play in shades, but Jordan Davis when he lines up like right over the nose, we'll see if Biotish snap. Get the hand up, try and stop a guy because Davis is just going to try and walk you straight back. Mm-hmm. And into he's the strong, court. and he's and he's really, really, really strong. And yeah. you know, and, and Patrick knows these guys very, very well. Carter, Davis, these guys are all white players that were, you know, on his national championship teams at Georgia, and and they're 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 outstanding players. And I think the Eagles they they can affect the middle of that pocket. We talk about the push, and maybe that's one of the reasons why again you keep a Tyler Smith there at, at guard to handle stuff well, like this. Can you talk a little bit more about the running game and how that may look like? They don't let you run the ball. Yeah, they don't. First and rush. This, this is not. Yeah. This is not going to be the team yeah. to try to get the run game going yeah. against. They've yeah. only allowed three rushing touchdowns, three point eight yards per uh, carry yeah. allowed. This. This is and not the, the game. Cowboys haven't been able to but, really establish but the run. But as Brian is going to get to. This is a game where the secondary can be. There you go. This this is a pass first, and then you set up right. the, the run that way. Yeah. But you're not going to go in there and run down these guys through. You're yeah. not. This is not the day for that. The team that's run the ball the best against them has been the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Actually, the two games that they played, but they've only given up 11 runs of 10 plus yards. I mean, they, they, they just don't. They don't. They just yeah. don't. They just don't allow it to Throw happen. It. What, what did the Commanders do? Did they do anything different than commanders, other teams? Commanders are Commanders are a, a funny team because what they do is I feel like they got a physical offensive line, and sometimes you know you're able to match, you're able to match bodies on bodies, but the 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 Robinson the backs that they have, guys are a little bit slippery. That kind of the guy they see the hole, they get through the hole. They, these guys struggle a little bit, I think, at, at at linebacker, and this is no disrespect to Nakobe Dean, and because he's another, I think, another really good player. Him and Zach, 
and Zach Cunningham both are. Uh, I, I think that to me, though, the, the, the commanders took advantage of they were Dean is a shorter guy. Mm-hmm. He's right at six foot tall and he will gamble on where the ball is going to be and stuff. He's a really good downhill player, but he'll gamble a little bit, get caught up on some blocks and you could run the ball at him because of his lack of height. But if you're going to run the ball wide on these guys, no chance. Dean's going to run you down from behind. That's just that's how he plays. He's he's really really good. These guys really aren't good. Patrick mentioned they're not. The linebackers aren't particularly good in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you get. Dean is when you look at if you look at metrics numbers and stuff. I just wanted to check eleven for eleven targets and receptions on him, and then Cunningham is is twenty five of thirty two. So a little bit of some struggle with coverage on. Uh, when they when they're put in those situations, but the secondary here is the one that you really really need to go after, and and I, I and just watch it. Their their nickel situation is not good right now, and when Maddox is out, Bradley Roby's been dealing with a pec strain. He was DNP yesterday. Yeah, so they've they've struggled to try and find Sidney Brown has been the guy that they're kind of fitting in. Him and Josh Job have come in and played as the nickel. But I'll say this: when you look at when you look at, at at I think that you know Kevin Byard has come in. They made a trade for him at the safety spot, and he's one of those guys that he's been he's he's a good player. He was great at one time. He's still a good player. He's a plus player when it comes run and pass. When you watch him play, but James Bradbury is a guy that has had some problems. Yes, and and, him, and 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 that's and. Slay, uh, Darius Slay is going to play on the left side. Bradbury is going to play on the right side. And they really don't flop very much. They kind of stay stationary in the way they play. But the commanders lit these guys up. Mm-hmm. And Bradbury especially, they've, they've, he's given up five touchdown passes this year. So I would challenge him in every way. They're nickel and then challenge Bradbury. I think Slay is more competitive I think he's more willing to kind of stick his nose in there. Bradbury's a little bit more of a cautious guy. So I would take advantage of him being cautious that way. I'll real quickly throw this in as well. I noticed this on our next-gen stats. Uh, Darius Slay this year, he's allowed more receptions, 14, yeah. and more yards, 208 in man coverage in 2023 than, than all, of, all of 2022. Correct. And they're not, we're not even halfway through the season. Yeah. In addition to that, he's allowing 3.1 yards of separation this year. Right. Last year, 1.7, so almost double the amount of separation he's allowing this year than last year. Slay's still a really good cornerback, don't get me wrong, yeah. but there have been some holes in his game this year that there's weren't been, there last year. There's been holes in this entire secondary, and the, the, and I think the, the deodorant that helps it from stinking is the fact <laughs> that their their pass rush is so good. Yeah. Their yeah. front's good. Yeah. That's the problem. And, and without blitzing. And without blitzing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe they were like, they've had 25 sacks. I think it was 17 I saw what they've done without even blitzing. Yeah, they're number one in actual total number of sacks right. with a four man pressure. Right. But their pressure percentage, it's it's second behind the Cowboys. Right. Yeah. So it, you're going to have to deal with that, though. And, and here's the segue. Wonderful point. Because the way they, because Slay is allowing more yardage and because Bradbury is struggling the way he's struggling. 
what they try to do is protect those guys by doing less man and it's more zone. Yeah. So here's the good news for Dak Prescott in the Cowboys offense and for Cowboys fans who want to know. Again, this is not the team you want to try to run or establish a run against. No. But this is zone coverage, 67%. Yep. 67%, yep. 67% of the time this season they drop back and they give you zone. Dak Prescott has been lethal against zone coverage. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb has been lethal. And if you want real-life examples of this outside of numbers, the Jets ran zone. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb lit them up. The Rams ran zone. Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb lit them up. The Chargers ran zone. CeeDee Lamb lit them up. Dak Prescott, if you present him with a zone defense, then more often than not, he's going to get going. That offense is going to start cooking. Only one-third of the time they run man. That's because they're trying to protect Slay. They're trying yeah. to protect Bad- Bradbury. So, yes, Slay is still still a big-time player. They also like to run a lot of single-high coverage as far as their safety is concerned. Mm-hmm. Plays are going to be there. But wherever Bradbury is, you have to circle him and attack him and make him I pay. Agree. Yep. Well, I want to know, based on the way they play, mm-hmm. does this take away Dak's ability to run? Is this a game where you just this now pulling be... back on that aspect no. of his well, game? It dep- no, I think go ahead. you ch- I think no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think it depends a little bit on what they do with the linebackers. If, if they yeah. say, we respect Dak's ability to run so much that in those types of downs, in those situations, we will have Dean basically spy him, then that could change things because Dean's a guy that can run sideline to sideline, as Brian right. is saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if they want to invest that 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 person in taking Dak away, they can, but that's also part of the whole strategy is, sure, if you want to give me somebody that you're going to take out of coverage, right, if you're going to take somebody out of coverage, coverage. then great, I'll sit in the pocket and I'll, and again, here's the big key, I will hope my offensive line can hold up without me getting outside the pocket. Like, that's also the part of it where they've been able to get pressure with four, so if they've got that spy there, Dak can't really escape, Mm. now it's going to, they're going to rely on the offensive line to really have to hold up for the receivers to get open. That's the part that gets a little bit dicey. But, again, Texas Coast offense is predicated on quick passing. That should be able to negate some of that speed that they have in getting to the quarterback yeah. if they do it effectively and if they can hold up those blocks just long enough for them to get the ball And out. there's also the, the the aspect of using the spy against the defense that's doing it because let's say an example, they use N'Kobe Dean as a spy on Dak Prescott. Okay, first benefit, takes him out of coverage because he's focused in on Dak Prescott. Second positive is if the pocket is breaking down, let's say Dak thinks about running, but he doesn't actually go. He just leaks out just enough to drag Nakobe out of the middle of that mm-hmm. field, which exposes the middle for Cooks, Ferguson, or a slanting CeeDee Lamb. So you can penalize the other team for spying the quarterback as long as you, as long as long the threat is still there, is what I'm saying. So don't take the threat away by mm-hmm. any means. All right. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we got a few more questions on this matchup, Cowboys offense versus Philly defense. We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboysvip. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboysvip. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Head to the Pro Shop at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas on Saturday, November 4th for the final stop of the 2023 Cowboys Collections on Tour. See Rare Team Archives, customize headwear, grab a gift with a purchase, and enter for a chance to win a giveaway. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys offense versus Eagles defense. Uh, My next question for you guys is uh, in the Washington, Minnesota, and New England games, all three of those teams, which only one of them I would consider to be um, among the better offenses in the league, that being Minnesota. When they've got their quarterback and their wide receiver, yeah, they, they can be lethal. They didn't even try and right. run the ball that right. game. Yeah, they, 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 they can they be lethal nine whenever. times, I think, just stay like, okay, we're not going to be able to run it today. So right. They just threw it, yeah. Those three teams mm-hmm. threw for over 300 yards against yeah. Philadelphia. Did you see anything that was common among those three opponents that you're like, they did this to some success. Dallas can do this because they have similar Elite receivers things. give these guys problems. There we go. I mean, it's, it, it, when you start to talk about all three of the common things, you think about Terry McLaurin. and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think Terry McLaurin gets enough respect mm-hmm. for how well he Agreed. plays with the commanders. I mean, he's a tremendous player. Uh, you know, you look at uh, it, it, what's you know with Jefferson in Minnesota and all. Yeah, yeah it, these, this team struggles with really talented wide receivers. You know, and that's where I, I but they, you know, the quarterback combination has to be the, you know, the, the commanders, uh, it's not great over there, but man, they, 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 it was well over 600 yards of passing against them in two games. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, 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 my, my hope is that, like, listen, you know, the, the Cowboys have a better passing attack, I think, than the teams that you're, you're yeah. mentioned, that you're mentioned. So, this might defense. be this might be very similar, and I think people hate me when I say this. This might be very similar to what the Tampa game was a couple of years ago, where you realize I'm not going to be able to run the ball 
but I can I could take advantage if I could just if I max protect a couple of times if I you know if I just kind of if I focus on throwing the football mm-hmm. I can make it very difficult for this Philadelphia team and I think the teams you're talking about have that ability I think Dallas has that ability too if they just wanted to get in we we saw what happened with the Rams they mm-hmm. they get sacked two three times to start the game to get some hits. What they do? They just kept throwing the ball. They're like, no, no, no. Our best path for victory today is is throwing the football. And I could see. I think it's going to take some points in this game. I think it's you're going to. Maybe everybody's prediction is going to be you know a small you know 2017 kind of thing. I think it's going to take a lot more points than that. I, I just like I said. I think there's some things on the on the defensive side for the Cowboys that the Eagles present that could be some problems. This could be this could be one of those track meet type games. So the best path for me and, and the teams that you mentioned, Derek Beck, over three hundred yards, it's just they were committed to throwing it yeah. and making sure that they got it protected and then got those routes with the receivers on up the field. And if you look at the teams that the, the Eagles have struggled against as far as uh narrowly getting the victory versus it being a loss for them. Uh, Patriots, for example. Yeah. Uh, it, that was it, opening day. Opening yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It, it, what they do, they took the ball away from Jalen Hurts in a critical situation. Twice. Exactly. So if you take the ball away, if you take advantage of the opportunities he will give you because he yeah. will give you opportunities. We talked about it yesterday. He's on pace for 17 interceptions this season. Um, and he'll put the ball on the ground if you put your hands so on him. how little we and he, yeah, And he's... So yeah, right, funny how that works, I say, right? I, I do. Him, I do. I go after him and John Josh Allen now, yeah. quite a bit in Buffalo. But I will say this. In, in matter of fact, we talked about yesterday. I know you weren't here, boss, but the the, the knee. Jalen Hurts ain't talking about the knee. He was asked no. the question about it in the press and conference. He out. got up and left. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, I'm not, I'm not telling you my knee does hurt. But they also last week, if you notice, with that knee injury, he did not have a called run. They did they not have a play that was a called run for 70, him last week. 76% drop back pocket yeah. passing for yeah. this guy. Now. And he killed it. And yeah. he played a yeah. really good game yeah. standing in the pocket and throwing yeah. the ball. Right. Yeah. Got to get pressure on him. Yeah, but 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 to that point, you want him to play the game in the pocket because for this Cowboys defensive line, Micah Tank, yeah. Osa, you there, want yeah. them to have the opportunity to tee off on him and not to have to play, right. You know, east to west, you want to play north to south against him. So, um, but to my point, those guys struggled against teams that threw a lot, yeah, and forced turnovers. The Cowboys can throw a lot yeah. like they just did against the Rams. They have the weapons and the horses to do it, and they can force turnovers. Yeah. So the thing that those teams were lacking, Patriots, Vikings, Commanders, was the defense, the caliber of defense that the Cowboys are bringing right. to the table. So that's another plus for the Cowboys. So allow me to throw a little <laughs> monkey wrench into all of this. Uh, the one team that actually beat them, though, Played a low-scoring game, yeah. twenty to seventeen. Yeah. Defense don't have, but I'm saying don't have a lethal passing game, right? Why were they able to be successful? Physically beat them up up front. There we go. Yeah. So there, there is another. There these other teams that have played them close. Somehow Philly has outscored them in those right. situations. Mm-hmm. Is this a game where Dallas maybe has to take the other approach as opposed to saying we're just going to go out and just bombs away and we're just going to try to score a lot of points? Should this be a game where maybe they try to I, play a little more ball control, play a little more physical, and try to win it that way? I keep pressure. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with old school football yeah. and trying to. I just don't think they're going to run. That's yeah. the problem. I I don't think they Dallas, haven't done it all season. Yeah, Dallas to me has yet to prove that they can run the exactly. football. And so to me, I'm like, does it mean you just <laughs> totally abandon it? I don't think so. I think you have to try. I think you have to try and run the football. But I don't know. I, I, me personally, 
I'm putting as much many points on that board as I can to put pressure on Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing I've learned watching Jalen Hurts play, if you can make him hold the football, it's problems for him. Usually they say, oh, he's got plenty of time to throw. With Hurts, it's almost a detriment. Because the more time he has to think about where he's going to throw, the more problems that he's had. His interceptions and stuff have been at a high rate because of when you when you when you go back and watch them, they've all been because teams have made him hold the football. You know, make him play. We talk about you know guys like uh, Russell Wilson making him play backwards. Don't let him play forward. You know, Jalen Hurts is the same way. Make him hold the ball. Make him move around a little bit, but kind of keep him in the pocket and make him throw it. And also, we talked about this yesterday as far as keeping him in the pocket. A stat jumped out in the film support. I went back last night and looked at the film of his his past several games, and we talked about this. Very weird. It's an oddity, but it's true. Six of Hertz's eight interceptions have occurred when he's throwing to his right. Yeah, This is wild for a right-handed corner, quarterback that drops back and his chest is open to that side of the field. That's his strong side. Mm-hmm. Six of his eight interceptions comes on that side. He doesn't have any of those interceptions middle to deep on his left side. So that is his strong point of attack. That's something that the Cowboys can kind of figure out how to use in their favor. 86.74 is his QB rating when throwing to the right side of the field. 112.44. It jumps quite a bit when he's targeting to the left. Keep him in the pocket and try to delete as much as you can, even if it requires a little bit of a shady uh, safety shade to that side of the field. Force him to stay right. It is that, you know, I wonder, in hearing those numbers, I wonder if that's less about right versus left and more about where they're using A.J. Brown. Yeah. If A.J. Oh, no, Brown's on the right is. a lot, yeah. then that would make sense why he's having those numbers, right? It would. It, it obviously is going to go where they line A.J. Brown up right. at. Point being, there's a glaring differential between wherever he's throwing left versus right. So if A.J. Brown is, let's say, on the right, then that's probably going to be a situation where, okay, well, you know you have to line up probably bland. I would put bland there because of the physicality. So that leaves another, the other half of the field is probably going to be the weak side. There's a weak half of the field is the point here. And that should give a lot of confidence for this Cowboys secondary because you have Gilmore again. My only concern with Gilmore is against a guy like Devontae Smith who's quick and can drag him across yeah. the field. But if it's talk if you're talking about trying to keep Hurts in the pocket, it, it works in your favor, particularly if you can get pressure. But even if you don't get pressure, again, half of the field isn't his friend, and that half of the field is probably the half that A.J. Brown is not on. So if you need to shade Malik a little bit to A.J., to force him to go back to the opposite A.J., you're going to have opportunities. There. This is one thing that worries me about this to, before we end the show. Uh, Devontae Smith hasn't really gotten off this year. Devontae Smith is a really good wide receiver. Oh, yeah. and, and that's the part where it's like if they're doing all of this with A.J. Brown and they haven't really had the opportunity yet, to get Devontae Smith in those situations where he's having those he's having those great games. You know who I like? That worries me a little bit because he is a very, very accomplished wide receiver. And I I don't know how you'd work this out because Gilmore is your other boundary. But, God, I would love to see some Jordan Lewis on Devontae Smith. And you probably will when Smith takes some snaps in in the slot. But uh, that's a matchup that the Cowboys can win is Jordan Lewis versus Devontae Smith. I have my concerns about Gilmore uh, and his current age and and trying to stay up with that quickness, but not if it's Jordan Lewis versus Devontae Smith. That's Jordan Lewis for me. All right. that's Go ahead, Brian. I was looking up real quick. I was trying to see if I could find the target chart real quick on uh on uh on brown on brown here and it's uh my computer's being slow so in the, sh- what, in the show we'll talk we'll about look that. that up and we'll have it for you tomorrow sounds good all right that's a wrap guys we'll be back tomorrow we'll no, wrap this you thing might up be in the parade <laughs>
Then he'll call in. I will, I will text. And he'll give us he'll give us a drunken you. update from the parade <laughs> yeah. and tell us about AJ Brown and where they're targeting. Yeah, if you need if you need me to come on, I'll be happy to. It might be a few fireballs into it, but we'll, we'll get it done. That's I love fireball fireball Brian. That will be awesome. All right, until tomorrow for Patrick Walker, Brian Broadus, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!